If you die in this dream, it's for real. Nobody has to go in that doesn't want to. I'm in. Me too. Let's go kick the motherfuckers' ass all over Dreamland. Ass all over Dreamland. Ass all over Dreamland. Hi, I'm Candy the Final Girl. And I'm Sean of the Dead. And this is The House That Screams. Tonight's episode is one that I have long awaited. It is the 1987 film Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. And I am so pumped. And before I start introing our guests, I just want to say, I'm beautiful and bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So tonight's guests are Rob the Cinema Junkie, Antiquetta. Can I ask you a question? Why suddenly? Because the fuck what you think. Oh, no, that was good. We have Erica Wright. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Oh, hey. That's the one. Just, yeah, you got it. Nico, nice. Let's kick this motherfucker's ass all over Dreamworld. Yeah. That was one of my So good. Uh, Daniel Nightmare Nerd Ryan. Oh, Max. <laughs> uh, Dave German. Oh great! Now it's my dick that's killing me. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I almost picked that one. <laughs> no, that's not a quote. That's not a quote from the movie. I'm serious. <laughs> I think they make a cream for that. Oh my god! Um, our guest tonight is friend of the podcast, uh, Ian Forrest from Behind the Screams. We're gonna let Ian start off our conversation tonight. Good, night. Um, good evening, Ian. Let's get high. Ian, before you start, I, I didn't get a chance to say one, so I, I, I want to take my turn and say, where are you hiding at, you burnt-faced pussy? <laughs> Perfect. Just to kick off, I want to say, this has got to be the my favorite song in a horror movie of all time. It, it's, it's a jam. Like, d- Dream Warriors, it just... Who were those guys? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of any other song. Like, there are other scores, obviously, that are, like, super iconic, you know, um, but in terms of, like, a full actual song, Dream Warriors by Dawkins is sensational. It's just... It's that's just of, my opinion. It's kind yeah. of groundbreaking because... Uh, if you watch the, uh, what is it, Never Sleep Again documentary, Dawkins is on there, and they talk about they're the first band to to do, a, you know, a, a video for a horror movie soundtrack, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. And like I say, obviously, like, you've got so many other scores out there. You know, you think of Halloween and John Carpenter and the sort of scores that he's done throughout the years. Um, I was actually recording an episode earlier tonight on The Crow, and we were talking heavily about the score. Oh, that's a great Crow. one. Um, but, you know, this this is just the one that sticks out for me. Like, if someone says to you, what's your favourite movie or, a sorry, song in a horror movie, it's always going to be Dream Warriors. Yeah. It really actually fits the movie well. Rockin' like docking. Yes. <laughs> so basically, I want to start um, our big conversation by having a moment just to really um, say rest in peace, John Saxon. I know that we yeah. did that when he passed yeah. away, but John Saxon is in this film. We know of my love for John Saxon, and um, he is sorely missed. Yeah. Yeah. Waiting on Mitchell up in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And a little Jim Buggy. Dude, now he's kicking it with Jim Kelly again. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was just about, just about to say, the Deadly Three reunited again. Mm-hmm. Hey. And, and to the I dragon. Up there. Yep. You know, Bruce Lee was up there saying, round two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know I asked this right before the show, but I'm going to go ahead and put everybody on the spot. If you were one of the Dream Warriors, and that does not include Nancy, I mean the kids. Um, which one are you? And be realistic, not the one you want to be, but the one that you actually are. I, I'm going to start and say I am definitely Taryn. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just a Taryn for so many reasons that I can't even go into right now. I'm just Taryn. Definitely Taryn. I'm Will. I, think I, I, would, I would love to be, you know, someone like Kincaid or Joey, but I, I'm a big, I'm a big Will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I'm I think I'd be. I think I'd be kind of a mix between Will and Joey because I'm nerdy as shit, but I'm really quiet. And he likes boobs. And I like boobs. <laughs> oh, well, I, yeah, I'm more of a Joey I would say I see a bit of uh, myself in uh, Philip, which is, uh, I know that's uh, yeah. uh, Philip. Philip is, the, you know, the... The odd one, of course. Unfortunately, he's the one that dies first, and I'll get into that later. But uh, Man, I'll let everybody, I'll, I'll let everybody go ahead of me before I give uh, my take. Okay, um, who's next? I'll go. Um, I, I would honestly say I'm probably a combination of Kincaid and Will together, because um, I'm nerdy as shit like everybody else. But and Rob, Rob will tell you I'm also a bit of a hothead. I got that Latin temper. And literally before we came on the, I I told you what happened that I had to, you know, regulate on some little punks outside my house. So, you know, yeah. So I I would definitely say I'm I'm a little bit of Kincaid and Will combined. (laughs) Daniel. Beyond that, Will. I am totally Will. (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. Demon be gone! (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean... I even used to play. I even used to play Warhammer, the tabletop game, with a little. Wow. Okay. I'm curious who Erica's gonna pick because she's my only other female. Uh, yeah, I think like I would like to be either Kincaid or Taryn, but I'm probably more like a Kristen for the toxic empathy and drawing people into shit that they don't need to be drawn into, or Will just for the sheer nerdiness. I'm like a mixture of those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see. I guess if we're gonna do a mixture, I am a little bit Kristen, like the good girl. But I, at the same time, I'm the bad girl. I'm the girl <laughs> with attitude. So yeah. Okay. Uh, who else? Who hasn't gone? Right here. Uh, yeah, I gotta. I hate to feel like everybody else, but Will. But I think that that's 
probably common amongst horror fans. Weren't we all sort of the nerdy ones? Yeah. 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 But yeah. I feel Will, especially when he, when he, when he, I am the, uh, the dream, what did he say? Oh, the, the wizard, wizard, wizard master. master. The wizard he master. Nerdy, he still got that little nerdy voice. That was so much me, you know, it's just like <laughs> trying to step up and still being a skinny little kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I loved it. I loved that Will fit right in too, because he used to be a, a dungeon master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually that, and then Never Sleep Again documentary. As I well. mean, they all look—they all look really cool in their Dream Warrior stance. Like Taryn's got the big, gorgeous uh, mohawk, and he's still this nerdy little kid with this big giant. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how I'm the only one that picked Philip and nobody picked Jennifer. <laughs> I don't think we have one black sheep. She she kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Jennifer, but it's just not my favorite. You know what I mean? She does have she does have the best death in the movie. I should say. So yeah. she gets. She probably has the best death in the in the entire franchise. There's maybe one other one that, that I would I would put that would put up there with that. The most iconic death in any Freddy film. Yeah. Is that's, all, that's all Jennifer got going for her. No fucking. Yeah. I, I would I would have to argue that though because I really love the Roach Motel one. That's uh, good that, one. That's my other one. Yeah. And I would yeah. no, I would say it's like those, those two were tied for first as like the best Freddy kills. Really. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But the, uh, also, also, you got to mention um, Dan's death in Nightmare Five, the motorcycle death. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, Crazy. Oh my god, I love that one so much. Yeah. And especially the updated version. And you know I have stories for days with most of this cast, right? Rob. <laughs> I know. I know. So Rob, I know that you said you had something you wanted to talk about. Uh you wanted to go off on? No, 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 no. Um see, uh here's the thing. Uh, I know this is a well beloved film and uh, I wanted to get everyone to get the joy out and you know their love for the movie before I said anything. Uh, oh, okay. I have a, I have a next uh, pick about this movie. Uh, <laughs> well, it's definitely not a perfect film. I I can say that. I mean, <laughs> it, it's not a big departure. Film. But I think you know you can go with the consensus, and and these are my favorite films in order in the franchise. We don't talk about the remake, and I hate Freddy vs. Jason, so we're taking those out of the equation. We're talking about just the regular all the afternoon nightmare. But it's usually agreed that one three and a new nightmare are the best. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorites. Although I gotta mention, I have like a love of four and five, and I know a lot of people think five is trash, but I like it. Um, I'm I'm also a fan of five. Can we all like agree them? that part six was the worst? Can we all agree it? Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, so but the remake is worse like, than that, I imagine. Like, yeah. The map says we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's going to be yeah. great moments in that. Like, it's, it's, you've got to be ridiculous to watch that film. It's a good, like, you're fucked up movie. Yeah. <laughs> 1492, Freddy Sailed the, the Ocean Blue. blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, speaking of, like, my love for this film, when I met uh, Robert England, we, we met Robert England, excuse me. Um, at Horror Hound, it was right after Wes Craven had died. And they had everybody from all the movies there. Um, Heather Camp was there as well, but like everybody from this film was there. And they did this big, huge memoriam right when you walk through the doors um, that had all of their things to say to Wes. Yeah. You know, all, and it was just huge. And all, you know, all the 
the the actors had written messages to Wes Craven and it was it was really a beautiful thing. I mean it was sad that, that Wes was gone, but to see everybody there and to see their love for him, you know, made me very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Rest in peace, Wes Craven. Yeah. yeah definitely. Genius filmmaker. He did we meet again in our dreams. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Let's talk about our favorite moments from this film. Like, if you haven't seen Nightmare on Elm Street 3, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Yeah. <laughs> this is a classic. It comes from the golden, what I call the golden age, because of the VHS, you know, and the whole video boom. Um, Flasher boom, too. Definitely, yeah. So this is this is considered a classic. Wes Craven comes back in. We've got a great story. We've got wonderful actors, and I, I just really love this. And this was actually intended to end the franchise this film was. And I think it would have been a good end, actually. Because, um, you know, I hate uh, that at, they decided to do four and then they kill off all the fucking characters that made it. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so we're going to keep doing this. All right. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I love all the Freddy films for different reasons, except for the two that I spoke that I said don't exist. Um, they don't. They do not. You know I have that power. I do that all the time. I have that power to remove them. But I want to talk about like our favorite moments. What what makes this film so iconic that everybody fucking loves this movie? I'll I'll go with this one. Um, well for me, I know this was the first Nightmare on Elm Street that I saw in theaters when it came out. Because hey. I was a little I was a little young when the when the first one came out, and then two I didn't really you know again the the VHS boom. But I was already into Freddy by that point because Freddy was like, you know, it for all of us because Freddy was, was the, the, you know, the, the, the thing is, this was the beginning of the Freddy medium and this was, this was about oh, yeah. to become, you know, just, just before Freddy's Bones, Nightmares. The merchandise, um, they put out I, an album. Right, right. And I, and I think the, the reason why I, this one, you know, resonates a lot with the fans, it's, it's well written, like you said, it's well directed. Um, I know I have my little nitpicks with it that don't make it my overall favorite of the franchise that actually belongs to four for another sentimental reason. Oh, wow. But um, I'm a big fan of four. Me too. You know, another I thing too. Like is, first, but I don't like the beginning. I, um, you know, this is, we get a young Patricia Arquette. We Who get Lawrence Fishburne. By the way, this was her first film. She will not acknowledge it. She doesn't talk about it at all. You still get a young, but wet behind the ears, Lawrence Fishburne in this movie, yeah. too. Yes. As Max. Max. You know? <laughs> I mean, you had Heather Langenkamp coming back to her iconic hero role as, as Nancy. Yeah. And, was... and I think I think this, this was also the movie that kind of furthered as far as the character of what Freddy was going to be ultimately in the future. This, this was it. It started with this movie. And I think, I think that that's why, you know, this, this resonates as far as favorite, favorite moments in this movie. This there's a lot. I mean, obviously the welcome to primetime bitch is the biggest thing in this movie. The effect was so fucking cool. It looked amazing. And then, you know, I love when they find her, her dead and there's no way that she could have, like, unless she right. ran and, like, jumped off a trampoline and went head first into the TV. And they're all just like, oh, it was a tragic suicide. Like, how the fuck? <laughs> but I think another reason why this movie resonates a little bit, not, not just fans, but, but, I mean, film people in general, um, at the time, with, with teen suicide, and, it, and ironically, it's still such a hot thing still to this day, but at the time, teen suicide was such a big thing that they were able to kind of 
use a horror movie to help bring awareness to this to this you know th- th- and, this topic that and the setting yeah, the, yeah. The, these kids who are having sleep issues and and maybe behavioral issues with you know Taryn you know she was a drug addict whatever and they all have their own little stories but um but they're in an institution but and nobody's really listening to them and I think that's very true of the mental health uh you know, program, I mean, it's a little bit better now, but let me tell you, having been in it since I was 15, this is pretty true. And that's another thing, too, is that there's something I'll end with this so somebody else can talk about it, but I think one another key factor is, you know, there's, this follows the, the typical horror movie trope where the adults are not believing the kids, but now you finally have an adult that has experienced what these kids went through, believes them, and gets somebody else who was skeptical in the beginning to kind of see with his own eyes that, not everything is it appears to be, and don't believe what your eyes show you. You really need to really focus and understand what's in front of you. Think outside the box, and this is what's going on. And also, too, I know you hate it, but this also kind of gave a little little tidbit for Freddy versus Jason later on with the hypnocell. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love Freddy versus Jason only because I got what I paid for. You see the two of them. I didn't it, get it what I paid for. I did not. I, I mean, I, I wanted to see them go at it. I got to go at it twice in the dream world and in the yeah. real world. I, I got my money's worth with that. I loved it for what it was. Yeah. Although, although I do wish it was Kane Hodder, not, and I'm nothing against Kane Kersinger, but it should have been Kane Hodder. Yeah, yeah. it should have been Kane. He kind of took that hard. He took that hard. May I interject? Uh, yeah. Um, of course, we all know the story about how there were countless, you know, drafts of a script for Freddy versus Jason. I know you hate it. I know. I'm sorry to drive that out. But uh, <laughs> one one that I read actually tied into this that they would show Pamela and Elias Voorhees driving the car that they find Freddy's bones in in the graveyard, the the, the scrapyard. Sorry. Right. That that yeah. was a clever that was a clever little touch. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, anybody else uh, reflections? Well, I think I, for me, I think you know, Nico, Nico touched on on a lot of the things about this movie. I I was fairly young when I saw this, maybe ten or eleven, and you know, just like when when we talked about Return of the Living Dead and and you know, my love for the um, the graveyard scene um, and, <laughs> and the bodacious boobs. Who doesn't love that scene? Um, the, the, the scene with the nurse and getting tongue tied to the bed was like, I mean, and you know, not the best death, you know, the, the welcome to prime time bitch that's, you know, all time, one of my all time favorites, but, but, you know, seeing the, the big, the big breasts and the tongue and getting tongue tied to the bed. Yeah. Spitting the tongues out. Like when, when I, when I look back on and reflect on this movie, that, and and Will being the the wizard master are like the two things about this movie that stand out the most because I you know I wanted to be two Will. things yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so real real quick because I I you know as as you guys know I did host a the horror con a couple of years ago and yeah. um I and I can proudly say I'm one of the few cons that actually got minus Robert of course but I got the entire cast of the Dream Master together in one place. So Rodney Eastman and Ken Sagos are actually like really good friends of mine in, in real life. But the, the whole running joke all weekend, because Rodney is legit a ladies man that he wasn't acting. Sean, that's that's really him. So we always joke the whole time. Right? Anytime I talk to him, we're like, yo, Joby's dream power. It's not that he has that voice. Joby's dream power is that he's a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if you look, if you look in part four with the girl in the look, look at how he dies with a naked chick still. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was once so, again a naked chick. Yeah. <laughs> his dick his is killing him and giving him bad dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I really like about this entry in the franchise is, well, like a lot of other people, the over-the-top special effects, the over-the-top personalities of the characters whom you know are just set up so they can be knocked down later. But also, I think this is the the first entry that started to really flesh out the whole mythos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Um, you know, and, and, um, touched on it in the first one. The second movie was just like a fever dream. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This, we'll this, that later. this was where Freddy kind of crossed the bridge. Mm-hmm. The first two movies they did make him menacing and scary. Here he became more lovable, for that better word. He, he had was way more funny. one-liners. He was way more corny. He became more endearing and less menacing. <clears throat> yeah. Isn't this like, the first movie where he start, where they referred to him as Freddy? Wasn't he Fred? Yeah. Yes, the first movie yeah. was Freddy. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely see him. He comes into his own and he, he starts enjoying what he's doing, you know? Mm-hmm. He has panache. He has style. Robert England started having fun with the character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I hope the whole charisma started coming out and the markability of the character was, was oh, really yeah. starting to show now. Yeah. And he really pushed that dirty old man vibe to the next level in this movie. <laughs> I got to say. Yeah, that... Um, Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Ian. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's just to touch upon there what uh, Daniel was saying about him, you know, really having fun with the role and that. I'm going to go the basic bitch route and just say that this is my favourite Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Um, because um, it's, it's for me, the perfect combination between having that fun and the one-liners, but still being somewhat menacing. Yeah. Um, whereas it's sort of, I think it just sort of departs from that a little bit as the franchise goes on. And yeah. you know, we're talking about, you know, welcome to primetime bitch and all that. The um the death, obviously aside from that, but the death that's worse for me in this film is actually Philip's death. I when, was he has, that. when he has, yeah. you know, yeah. taking the the veins and yeah. the tendons out of his arm and he's sort of using him as a puppet and that that was just really really visceral and you know I, I just it, it it it's almost like you can feel it, you know, it's yeah. such a weird sensation like you get when you're watching sound it. sound that plays while he's walking like that, and when, yeah. when you see him, yeah. he's just like walking, but when, he, when he's screaming it, and it makes there's a sort of yeah. sound that like gets to you, like discordant sound. Yeah, yeah. so it's like maybe not the most iconic in the movie, because obviously you've got uh, prime time, but for me, that was probably the one that affected me the most. And that was our first big death, too, so it really yeah. set the tone, I think. I think it was a good choice to be the first real big effective thing. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. And uh, worth noting, the when Todd McFarlane released his first line of horror figures, uh, Freddy was one of them, you know, Pumpkinhead, Freddy, they included the little marionette Freddy figure. It's a little, yeah. side, little sidekick there. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I've still I've still got mine in the package. Those figures were fucking cool. We sold them at Funland. <laughs> Michael and Ghostface were everywhere. Freddy, not everywhere, but you could find them. Jason, nowhere. Pumpkinhead, absolutely nowhere. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that it became such a, a household, almost marketed towards children thing you know it was like everybody loved freddy i mean uh what was it fresh prince and dj jazzy jeff did oh my god night around my street 
I and, heard that recently and I was like, oh shit, I and, forgot. And didn't the Fat Boys didn't the Fat Boys they do a did. song? They did. They yeah. did. But I don't think that was Wes Craven's intention. Right. You know, I, I really I really liked what he did with the character of Freddie. I like, you know, Robert England's, you know, style of playing him. But I think that, you know, in in subsequent, you know, entries in the series, they kind of took that too far. Like this is just right, you know, like the whole Goldilocks thing is just right. Enough scary and enough kind of quips. And uh, we we do add to the Freddie mythos, as Erica said. I think it's just the right amount of everything. It's really the perfect. You know, like like Kevin Lang kept said in Nightmare, you know, every kid knows who Freddie is. He's like Santa Claus. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what it it became. I don't I don't think that was the intention, but you know, they were riding that cash cow and yeah, <laughs> cash on the jacks. I think my favorite was uh, the moment that stuck with me that I always thought back to was Taryn's death when her yes. track turned into little mouths. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that was he suddenly brings up his hands and they're the needles and he puts it in there and he's like, Let's get high and he like kind of rolls his eyes back. Those little tiny uh mouths on her on her forearms, those little you know, and they're yeah. like they're um like moaning and like yeah. almost wanting to suckle it. It was very disturbing. That stuff yeah. Really yeah. Did, 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 did any of you watch uh, House when it was on the show House? Uh no. No. <laughs> Um, I, I did. I liked it. But there was one episode that gave me the skeevies because I forget the whole setup, but they've got a patient who at some point reverts to an infantile state. And they've got this person strapped in with a head strap of this and thinking they're an infant, they start going. Yeah. Right. <laughs> thinking they're breastfeeding. And that's that's the first thing that popped in my head was the, the little mouse in her arms. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I have to say I love the Taryn scene, even though I didn't didn't want her to die because, you know, you could tell she was like a badass, but it was also kind of a front. I like the character a lot. Jennifer Rubin is gorgeous. And also, uh, side note, a lot of people have come to Jennifer Rubin and said that watching this film helped them to get off drugs. Yeah. To, to go sober. Which is good. That's wonderful. Um, but that whole scene, I love. I love the aesthetic. I love the whole graffiti of like my jacket. I showed you with Karen plus Freddie. You know, is kind of and she's all got the mohawk. She looks fucking amazing. You Brings know, but switchblades. Yeah, beautiful and bad asshole. Let's dance. You know, like she's just doing there, her thing. There's, and- there's one thing with that scene that to this day gets me, where she finds herself, you know, in the alley and there's the graffiti and all that. As she's one of the street, there's this one homeless guy, I guess, who just scrambles by her. And to this day, I'm just like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he there? Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a thing. But yeah, I, I just love the, the aesthetic of that scene. Um, I just wish she didn't die. I wish she was one of the, the ones that had survived. Because she, you know, all those kids, you know, they, they were portrayed so well as survivors as people who are fighting and, you know, the adults that were drugging them to, to try and get them to sleep. And they're, they're trying to fight that because they think that they're crazy. And it's like, no, 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 you have to believe us. And then here comes our fucking heroine, you know, Heather Lane Camps, Nancy, who is one of, I have a, she's my favorite final girl, but it's also tied with Terry Darling from Planet Terror. Do not comment on that. That's just my thing. Um, I'm kind of in love with her, but uh, yeah, uh, Nancy is, is my favorite final girl. And she really, the fact that she comes back 
makes this movie just even better. Yeah. You know, somebody who believes and she's still got that streak of white in her hair and she helps the kids. I love it. Now, can can we talk about the uh, the veiny um, <laughs> Freddy penis? I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> if we must. Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it, we haven't reached our dick quota tonight. Yeah, we Daniel, have not so. talked about dicks yet today. Couldn't we have gone one night? <laughs> <laughs> None of this show. Yeah. I love that, um, you know, in the documentary that I, I keep um, referencing, um, that they said it looked too phallic. And I'm like, what did you do to change it? Because yeah. it still looks like a dick. Well, they said, they said it was... They they had to they had to like color it and stuff because it was pink. Yeah, they put that kind of blue and, green shit on it. And veiny and yeah, it looked like a giant penis with a Freddy face. It's, it still looks like a penis. It's yeah. Which is like I think kind of works because yeah. of you know the nature of Freddy and what he was in life and the why he preys on these children. You know, I think it works in a dark, dark fucking way. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I mean, looking back as a as a 10 or 11 year old boy watching that and this, you know, this crazy looking Freddy thing with his face and he's like trying to devour her and it's like picking her up. Like that was it, it just was blew my mind. Crazy. It was a wild effect. Yeah. And then comes uh, Nancy as the cock block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, literally. But, you know, I, I really love also the scene where, um, you know, uh, Kristen pulls Nancy into a dream and, and, you know, Nancy's standing there and then she pulls her into the dream and she just kind of like touches her head and like falls back into the chair and disappears. Yeah, that was cool. That was pretty fucking cool. Actually, the, the effects in this movie were kind of ahead of their time. They really yeah, were. Definitely. They really, really yeah, were. Yeah, good at that. Yeah. And and even as, as phallic as, as that Freddy, you know, snake looking thing is. You go back and rewatch it now, and it, I mean, it looks good. It still looks good, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Still holds up. There are yeah. pra- many practical effects have aged well. Yeah. And that's why, you know, on the show, we all agree that practical effects are the best because mm-hmm. um, they they don't they don't look bad. You can go back and visit them, and you're not like, oh, this is so dated. I mean, there's some where you know the effects are just bad, but like when you get quality practical effects, they're timeless. Yeah. They're timeless. Yeah, the, the, the trailer for The Witches dropped this week. Uh, the Grand High Witch, the 1990 movie, still looks fantastic. Oh, it does. Yeah. My brother is such a big fan. Um, Daniel, who was just um, on the show, um, he has a, a, a witch's tattoo right on his wrist of the mouse and all that. He, he's such a fan. So I had to see it quite a few times growing up. I have a, one quick criticism. Um, well, we might as well get uh, to that point, so yeah. I, I, well, I just, just I, when um, Dick Cavett turns into Freddy. Uh-huh. I was just disappointed that they cut away before Freddy kills Zsa Zsa Gabor. I mean, who didn't want to see Zsa Zsa Gabor? I wanted to see Zsa Zsa get killed. That's I all. think I think Dick Cavett wanted to see Zsa Zsa get killed. Uh, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> why. That's exactly why. That's exactly why. why. They, they left it to him to choose who he would pick for that scene. <laughs> and he personally <laughs> Gabor because he would never have her on his show. And I wanted to pick that line, that's such a great line. Who gives a fuck what you think? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I almost picked the one you picked. Oh, it, it, it all worked out. Yeah, it worked out really well. I just, I just love that scene. Yeah. yeah it's 
for me personally, is this not the best poster of all the Freddy movies? This poster definitely yeah. fucking definitely. kills it, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I, I, I always thought this was the best poster. And it's hard to top the original poster art for the first one, but this one succeeds. I really think this movie is, like, the crowning jewel, um, you know, of the, of the franchise. It really has, like, the best of everything. Best characters, best story, um, best effects, best music. You know, it's, it really is the best. And I love the first one. I, I can't express that enough. So if I'm rating this a little higher than the first one, you got to know that I'm really thinking about all angles here, okay? Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, yeah. VHS. I've had this I've had this since I was a kid. Fuck yeah, that's cool. Good job hanging on to it. And, you know, I, I think it also bears mentioning, since we're on the topic, uh, this really is the inspiration for the uh, NES Nightmare on Elm Street game. Yes, it is. Yeah. Where, where the phrase bones and burn them and they all look the car the cartoon dog bone and and where you can gain different powers by collecting the tokens <laughs> yep and where you fight the big freddy penis yeah. <laughs> so if, if we're going with nitpicks there, there's so, a couple that i have number one i'm gonna save i guess the proverbial worst for last but and it's not really many many uh, nitpicks. But number one, um, I I really maybe it's me and I, I don't know. I I didn't really like Patricia Arquette in this movie. I kind of liked Tuesday Night more in the the Dream Master as Kristen, because um, Patricia Arquette basically spends the movie screaming. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say she's a, she's and a it's scream queen. Kind of annoying that all she does is scream for this movie. Um, and her powers suck. Her powers suck because I mean she's she's kind of a dick for bringing these people into like the situation as it is. This um, sucks. Someone come save me. That's my power. But then number two, and and again, I I, I love um Bundy, but um Kristen's mom is kind of the worst parent in this entire fucking franchise of possibly Yeah. Where she she's yeah. she's putting dick before her kid. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, maybe maybe yeah. there is one worse. Maybe there is one worse. Be like me. Boop. Be like me. Boop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, my 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 biggest complaint, and I'm surprised Rob hasn't brought this up yet, because I know how like he's oh, very yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, Freddy's voice completely changes throughout the movie. One minute it sounds like the Freddy <laughs> that we all know love, and then another it's it's Robert England trying to make his voice sound guttural. It just it kind of takes me out of the scenes, depending. You know, on on what's like even in Will's death scene, which should be, which is kind of lame, by the way, as well. It just, I don't know, but he, it, it's his regular speaking voice, and it didn't work. Well, ten seconds later, when they're rolling the the Freddy hell scene, he's got the regular Freddy voice. So yeah. that that really kind of takes me out of certain moments in the movie because, and I and I get they were trying to figure it out, like how is he gonna sound? But either go with one or the other. Don't don't, and especially with the movie being cut that way, kind of really was kind of a shocker that that they left the the, the sound quality like that with, with the voice yeah it's worse it's worse it's worse because uh i might as well just go into it um <laughs> um i'm sorry to be the part of but i don't really like this one ah. wow. uh, um uh, uh as you know like uh the original nightmare on elm street is uh my all-time favorite horror movie uh, when I was a kid, it was like my my first foray into like real like horror. Yeah. And uh, I love the whole series on a whole. Like um, 
not two, but I've grown to love two. But I'll save that for when we, we talk about. We have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. So we'll save that. So I, I, I'll, I'll save my opinions for that one. But I love the series on a whole. And uh, but as I got older, you know, I started picking favorites. And this one, I just I I watch it less and less and less over the years because every time I watch it, I like it less and less and less. And it's, it's just, I mean, I don't want to use the word overrated, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to be a part of the group and talk about everybody's joy. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I find this one kind of lame in, in certain spots, you know? It's, it's corny. It does have its corny elements. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really... It's like, really? This one? No, this is... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, let me tell you something. Uh, Nico, uh, you missed one. And the scene hmm. where he kills uh, Will sounds like Max from Flight of the Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> like, like his voice. I can hear, I can hear you, mean, you mean the infamous Harry Potter versus Freddy Krueger scene? Right, like, yo, like, it, it, he, he's like, I'm like, is, am, I, am I watching Nightmare on Elm Street or fucking Flight of the Navigator? Why does he sound like the spaceship? <laughs> the also, every single one of them goes out like a pussy. Like uh, Taryn, she 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 they made, they build her up to be such a badass, and then she gets killed in like fucking ten seconds. So does Will. Fucking uh, 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 Kristen, like your 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 power, like everybody, like you know, Kincaid is super strong, and Taryn's a badass. Fucking Will's got magic powers. This bitch is doing flips. Like, are you serious? That's your fucking power. Yeah, I could do gymnastics in my dreams. And she and she screams. The whole movie. Yeah, yeah. She, she does backflips as she screams. That's her fucking power. Fuck her. Oh, she, this is this wild. Like she was eight more. It's Nancy right. Morgan killed. Okay, sorry, I got a problem with that. You don't kill oh, fucking yeah. Nancy. Oh, oh, and um, I, I'm sorry to say, I, I don't think acting is very good in this movie. I think she's a little wooden, stale. Like when she was like when she, when they're all in group and she's like, uh, oh, I I know who's I know who's after us. He has a dirty brown hat and a dirty, dirty green sweater. Like, can we get some emotion from you, honey? Like, like who's directing you? What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Give it to Van Damme. He has a dirty brown hat. A dirty. Like, <laughs> no, but it's like, uh, every time I watch this, I find something wrong. Like, this is just... Uh, like, I, I will say, like... Um, who was it? Was it Ian that brought up uh, Philip's death? Uh, yes. Ian, Ian you, you hit it right on the head that that's the one that stuck with me the most. And to me, that's the last time until New Nightmare that Freddy was ever scary. Because that is a terrifying scene. Not like in scary, like, boogie, boogie, boogie. But like, in just like, like you know. Like, with con- you fucking scary. Like, when you're going to con- bed at night, scary. Right, like, in conception. Because the, the fact that Philip announces like when you first meet him, that he's prone to sleepwalking. So when they, when Freddy comes after him and he's like literally puppeteering him out of the room, nobody notices because oh, it's just Philip being Philip, you know, uh, have a nice stroll, asshole. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the fact that they take yeah, him, he went through a little walk. He Freddy took him to the top of the tower and then they notice him and they're screaming at the top of their lungs, Philip! And he can't hear because he's so paralyzed by fear of Freddy and his own dream that he cannot hear them screaming his name. It's, it's a like, powerful moment. It, 
it, it is a, it is a powerful moment, and it is truly terrifying. And it is the last time Freddy is terrifying in this, like in this series, until New Nightmare. And the reason, like, I, I dislike it a lot because it ruins Freddy. It really does. This 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 movie ruined Freddy. I can it see it now. It it, it it turned him into a fucking joke for the rest of it. Yeah, so we I, got I, I can see people. Yeah, I can see his point on that. Right. Yeah. It, 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 like, till we get to Freddy's dead when he is an absolute fucking joke and everybody's kicking his ass all over throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, which and but like like they they I, I just saw a clip where Robert England was on Nickelodeon promoting I think this one or the next one. He's on fucking Nickelodeon promoting a movie about a child murder. Like you know. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I, I hate they hit on that earlier. Yeah, definitely. It, it started the whole, we are literally marketing this to children, um, yeah. you know, which was actually kind of cool when I was a kid at this time, you know. But now that we're parents we're and we're like, adults, we look back and it's like, this what the fuck, 80s? Dude was a fucking <laughs> pedophile. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, totally. he was a pedophile, he was a child murderer. But, you know, um, I want to go from his absolute fucking shitting all over my fucking movie. And I want to say something. Um, you guys have heard this. Uh, those of you who are, were with the show during season one, um, I have a very strong attachment to Freddy because as a child, it was the scariest monster to me. And be, um, because of my own issues, I, I have a lot of sleep disorders and they were really prevalent as a child. And so, and I had nightmares, I had night terrors, I would scream and, and I wouldn't know why I was screaming and I'd wake up that way and stuff like that. Scared my mom to death. For years and so when i saw this movie i was like oh my god i'm fucked up because you know freddie could get me in my dreams and my dreams are already fucked up so freddie was like the ultimate fucking scary thing to me and then when this movie came out it's sort of like i identified it, it's sort of like nika was talking about he loves four for sentimental reasons i love this film i know what its flaws are but I love this film for sentimental reasons. This one was the one that resonated the most personally with me. And, um, you know, I felt for the characters having been in a similar situation. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, for sentimental reasons, this is my fucking jam. This is my fucking film. And, you know, I, I know what's wrong with it, but I also know what's right with it. And, you know, and we can like things for sentimental reasons. We can argue it to death. But, yeah, I'm going to say for sentimental reasons, this is my fucking favorite. And But I do know what's wrong with it. I don't. I wouldn't no, make no. it that hard I think, because I think four and five are way fucking worse. And six, oh my god, no. But, um, and I maybe, love maybe, maybe five, but not four. And uh, no, four. I, Alice is the most. I don't like her. Don't you dare say it. Don't you dare talk about my boo, Alice. Okay, my you're gonna boo. talk about my you boo. Like, uh, yeah, you don't like Alice. No, I'll be. I'll be right oh. back. I need to go pack my bags. And... <laughs> <laughs> not like my favorite final girl like i don't think she's that great but that's like a different conversation oh so, uh, she survived freddie twice yeah, <laughs> yeah but i don't know man she, didn't. she was definitely his saying. most formidable foe like she kicked his ass twice she's definitely the most formidable foe he's ever faced she's like, she's the uh tommy jarvis of the franchise but yeah. she yeah she doesn't yeah. impress me as a character like i she's kind of not I don't know. I just would have liked to have seen not as somebody different. <laughs> she, she's not a Laurie Strode. Right. I, actually, I really loved Alice. That, I, don't, I, I love that. I don't know the cast members very well. Like I've met a few of them, but I guess there's been this like decades long 
grudge between Lisa Wilcox and Tuesday Night, who played uh, Kristen and Nightmare Four. Yeah. They ate each other. I yeah, I can't really yeah. I, I, I again I know stuff and Rob knows I know stuff and I've told Rob. Um I I can confirm you're correct <laughs> because I know things, but I really can't talk about it in the event either one of them hear this. So <laughs> I gotta I gotta be switched in this situation because I'm friends with both of them. Um yeah. but if I had a, I mean I guess I guess I'm putting myself on front with this. If I had to pick one over the other, I mean Tuesday night is one of my favorite people next mm-hmm. to Felissa. And, you know, I will I will go to bat for her before I will go to bat for Felissa like Wilcox. Um, she's got a great singing voice, too. She really yeah, she does the song for the fourth one. Yes, yes. But, yeah, to, to, to sum up that before we go too far into the sequels, we will be talking about other Freddy movies. I love Freddy. He's my favorite. Um, but... I, I just wanted to say, like, I really, I really love Heather Langenkamp. Maybe her acting wasn't as good as in the first film, but I like her character. I like that she comes back. I love that we see what has happened with her father. You know how he sort of failed her in the first film, and you see that it's gotten him. He's an alcoholic. He's not a cop anymore. But yeah. he's, you know, and and he's kind of a piece of shit. Uh, love you, John Saxon. You, you played a piece of shit really, really well, though. He was really good at being a piece of shit. He was like in Mitchell and so many movies. He was he was a good slimy guy, but um, love him. Anyway, but uh, you know, you see sort of a redemption with him. You see uh, that, really and I kind of needed that arc. I needed to see that. Um, you know, somebody with daddy issues. Like, so this movie is so personal to me. And and so I, I liked seeing that. I liked uh, you know like kind of the follow up of, of that. And um, I don't know. There was just so many elements in this. And and this may be just my personal preference speaking, but I just I like this fucking film. Bite me. Well, that, that, that could also go to the point of Wes Craven too, with with the whole having to wrap up that storyline from the first movie as well. Yeah. This would have been a great ending to the uh, to the franchise. And that's and I loved I loved the ending where it shows the model house and then you just see the light like, come, come on. on. Yeah. That's a good ending. Good yeah. ending. The teaser trailer with the the house and the girl in the bed with the the fucking uh, the the model house and the girl in the bed. Freddy's back. Back. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> my all time favorite teaser trailers. I loved that one so much. I scared the shit out of my niece and nephew with that one. Yeah, we gotta have them on. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> our oldest daughter Veronica was on during a season one episode, and she's been in the horse since she was a kid. I mean, we we watched with them, you know, because they're gonna see this stuff somewhere, and it's better if we're there for guidance, mm-hmm. you know, like that we're there to show it to them and be like, this isn't real. Um, are you? And we don't push them. If you're if, when asked, um, he was kind of a late bloomer. He's just recently gotten into horse year, and so it's been really fun showing him things. Um, I, I don't I don't know how he feels about Freddy, but he is Ash, so you know. Yeah. And it's it's <laughs> kind of for me it's cool because you know like I've talked about before, my dad showed me a lot of this stuff. My dad was a huge Freddy fan, and it was my mom and my grandpa, which are basically my parents, that showed me horror and, when and I was little. So to be able to pass the torch, yes, and introduce them to the stuff, you know, and I guess what kills me is that 
you show you show the these millennials, you know, movies from the eighties and they just kind of roll their eyes. You know, but then they see something like paranormal activity and they're just like, Oh my god, it was so great. And you're like, No. <laughs> Fuck off. Need some real shit. I'm gonna start you on the real shit, okay? <laughs> I think I think what you're touching on there though is like it's the importance of someone giving you your start into watching horror, right? Because yeah. for me, it wasn't Nightmare on Elm Street. The um first out for horror movie I saw was Scream, but my parents would show me various Halloween films all the time. Um, and as the like resident millennial here now, <laughs> um, uh, I was, uh, I, I knew about Freddy and Jason and, and obviously Michael, cause I'd seen those movies. And because I was introduced to them at Halloween, I then decided, wanted to go and find out for myself about all the rest of them. So I think it's more just someone to give you that start into horror. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we all um we we've spoken about this before, but we, you know, influential that was close to us usually a relative, um a lot of us it was a parent, um that showed us horror. You know, my I got started with my grandfather, um showing me like this old B horror films with Sammy Terry who was the local horror host here, because I was scared of the fucking intro. I was such a scaredy kid. Um, but the, the intro with the bells, and I've, I've, I've posted it in chat a couple times, and then he would do that fucking laugh, and then he'd host the, you know, the, the B films. And if, and if you're curious, that the laugh at the beginning of our intro, that's, that's the same, laugh, that's and Sammy it scared Terry. the shit out of me, so he'd come wake me up, <laughs> hey, Candy, Sammy Terry's on, and I'd be like, oh, you know, but um, that, and then Living Dead, uh, and, but I think the first one that was a current film that made an impact on me was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. My mom... Uh, showed it to me, and then she kind of regretted it. <laughs> but then she kept showing me movies like the Demons. Like, should I have been watching None of the Demons with lipstick boob and everything? You know, I don't know. But I fucking love that film. And I, I just want to say, I think of all of us, I'm the only outlier here. My parents, when I was born, my dad was already 38. Yeah, that's uh, right. Your parents are older. So I came around to horror movies all on my own. My parents, they would watch me watch Night of the Living Dead on VHS, and I, swear, I think I mentioned I would watch it. I would rewind it and I would watch it again all the time. Yeah. We yeah. need to get this kid to a fucking doctor. They, they, yeah. had, <laughs> they never understood my um, love of horror movies. I, I came around to it just all on my own. So I introduced her. So I'm yeah. like the other side of that coin. Like you guys, yeah. no, no. parents, or, or uh, I, I, yeah, I, I did that for my daughter, but no one did that for me. I came around to it totally on my own. I don't, I don't know how. Probably Night of the Living Dead was the first thing I stumbled across, and uh, yeah, that was the easy one to stumble across. That was really my first first. I can't, I can't, I can't remember what would be the first. Maybe children shouldn't play with dead things, which we need. We should, <laughs> that might have been the, one of the early. But anyway, uh, wow. When introduced me to horror, I came along to it all on my own. I just kind of like I saw something and it grabbed me. Well, yeah. for me, it was really cool having a young mom. My mom. Um, you know, uh, she was 17 when she had me in the 70s. Yes, but I'm that old. And, uh, you know, she was young in this time in the 80s. So she's in her fucking 20s. And, you know, she's rocking out to MTV. I mean, being in her, in her 20s, you know. And so she's, oh, this is really fucking cool. Turn this out. Or, you know, show me, like, let's put on Pink Floyd to the fucking wall with breaking out her fucking vinyl. Uh, my dad would listen to, like, Big Band. He liked, like, Glenn Miller. My, Dude, my, I'd be into that. I love that my shit. Dad was, like, the age of most of my friends' grandparents. So it was always a little bit of a disconnect. 
Yeah, my mom was way younger than other moms. So I think, you know, also being a young mom myself, my daughter, I was I was 20, almost 21 when I had her. You know, I was going through my 20s. And I was just like, hey, you know, fucking check this shit out. I'm in my 20s. Wait, so how, how old is your mom now? Uh, she is 58. My mom. Is I'm going to go cry for a while. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are pretty close like in age, but she's older. Older. She, her husband's four years older than me. Okay. No comments. You know, one, one thing I do think, just to get back on topic for like a second, oh, that, that this movie, yeah, this movie got right. Um, and I think I think Rob could agree. Uh, <laughs> he's making faces over like Ace Ventura. How they handled the character Kincaid. Because this this was at a time, you know, when typically the black character yeah. meets yeah. a grizzly end in the beginning or in the middle of the movie. Yeah. And Kincaid survives the fucking movie. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, he's he, calling Freddy a pussy. And... Right. He was, he was a legit badass, was not afraid of what was going on, stood up to authority. Um, you know, I mean, yes, he ultimately bites it right in the first, like, ten minutes of the fourth one, whatever. The actor is still pissed about that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, him and I, yeah, we, we, we talked about that. Um, I think it was more from New Line's perspective of not wanting to pay them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that and, makes uh, sense. Rodney Eastman, like I guess. I've heard all kinds but, uh, about Bob Shea, so I can you totally know, Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like you know, Kincaid survives the movie. He's one of the few, um, you know, black characters in a, in a horror movie that actually survives the movie. And, and this was especially in the eighties. Yeah, we had that conversation about Night of the Demons, which was around the same time that the smartest guy, the survivor, is Roger, the black guy. Yeah. You know, we have a person of color, a man who is the smartest one who fucking makes it. Who helps our final girl become a final girl in that film? And, so it was—they're I mean, both grounded. I, 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 I would even dare say, if it wasn't for Kincaid or, or like you said, for um, the character from *Night of the Demons*, um, I don't think Peel, Peel would have done get out the way he did with having, you know, spoiler, uh, Chris, Chris survived that ordeal, or even uh, Jada Pinkett before she was smitten in, in, in *Entanglement*, uh, surviving uh, *Demon Knights*. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or *Demon Knights*. I'm not saying but *Demon Knight*. But yeah, this this kind of set. The, the whole pace was, was Kincaid, really. Yeah, yeah and I, I love that. I love Kincaid and Roger are, are two of my favorite characters anyway. They were the smart ones. They were tough. You know, they, you know, I love uh, what our, uh, me and Rob commiserate on with Night of the Demons. We're like, they ain't getting me. And he jumps out the fucking yeah. head. He's like the yeah. best in Night of the Demons. But, you know, in this Kincaid, like, he was like, you know, he's one of those little tough guys. You know, he's all like, Fuck you, man! Motherfucker, <laughs> come out! I'm like the fuck you. Kincaid, I would argue, has the best scene in the movie where he he uh, he loses it, and uh, they say, "You sit down. Fuck you. You sit down." Yeah. And you guys know the story of his uh, audition to get the role, right? I'm sure you know. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Who wants to tell it? Tell it. It's your show. Okay, so he goes in and he he's prepared for the role, sort of, but he was kind of pissed off. See, I'm I'm, I'm kind of spotty on it because I haven't touched up on it. But he he was pissed off and he goes in there and he doesn't know what he's supposed to do. They're like, just do whatever you want to do. And he's like, fuck off, fuck you. And he's just like raging out. And they gave him the role. <laughs> and and one thing about Ken, because he's such a he's such a sweet man. 
had the chance to actually meet him or hang out with him. No, but although, we've although, seen him there. We've seen him, yeah. We've seen him. It was so busy. If, when he does a convention or because he's actually going to be here this weekend. He's actually here tonight in my yeah. area. They're doing a, they're actually doing Freddy Fest this weekend at the drive-in, ironically. Oh, nice, nice. But they're not, they're not showing this one. They're showing one, uh, Freddy vs. Jason and New Nightmare, amongst other Wes Craven movies and whatnot. But um, all the money that, that Ken makes... Um, at the conventions, at appearances, he donates to his local like children's like charities. Oh, oh that's, that's awesome. wonderful! Yeah. Cool. But dime, anything he makes, he gives to the local charities in his in his area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. That's amazing. Very I cool. love that. And and I just you know I know it's slightly off topic, but I just want to touch on Kincaid in in four when he dies right off the bat. That dog pissing fire like. <laughs> I remember, absolutely I remember watching that, and I'm like, what the fuck is Why? going on? That is, that is the worst part of that movie. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I know. Like, like, that's one of the parts about four that I hate is the beginning. Like, they're really at the beginning just killing fucking him. I'm like, what the hell? No, this is stupid. Yeah, but that's a trope they do in, the, like, fucking Friday 2. They kill off Alice. A lot of very, movies they yeah. do that. Yeah. No, no, no. The worst one, the, not to not to get off topic, but the worst one is when they kill Rachel in Halloween Five. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, how dare you kill off Rachel? Sons of bitches. I hate <laughs> Halloween. I just wanted to say that. Listen, just just like, like just like how Candy doesn't accept certain. I only accept Halloween, Halloween Two, Halloween Three, H Two O Resurrection because it's a guilty pleasure, and the new one, the 2018 version. That's the only ones I count. We'll see, and I'm like that with the Nightmare on Elm Street films. There are some that I accept and some that I don't, and I, I stated that very clearly at the beginning of the show. Um, I can't I can't even talk about them because I get very, very angry. I don't talk about them. Because you don't want to see me mad. You wouldn't like me when I'm mad. I'm not fucking around either. I get angry. I get, like, fucking walked out. Yeah, don't piss her off. I get to deal with her, so... I get angry. <laughs> that that Freddy vs. Jason makes me so fucking mad that I can't breathe. Anyway. Ian brought up the soundtrack for, for Dokken earlier with the song. Um, you know, yes, this was, you know, it's, it's an iconic song that, that fits the movie, and it's actually like the title track of the movie. Um, however, if you notice, as the movies, as the, uh, the franchise went on, it became a little bit more hip-hop. Yeah, and Freddie, yeah. Freddie, I think kind of, you know, that that's actually one of the cool things about Freddie. Why I think Freddie, so you know, he got like that youth appeal because, you know, and you know, Friday the Thirteenth is my favorite, you know, slasher franchise. I love Jason. Jason's like my favorite slasher, but you know, Jason, even Michael, like they all had the hard rock soundtracks where yeah. Freddie had the more urban, the more the more hip hop, yeah. like you know, chub, chub rock and treat me right. I think and, and Freddie's dead when um when what what's her name is working out. Uh, Leslie Dean's character. Yeah. Is, is yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, the, the the Fat Boy song, "Are You Ready for Freddy?" Will Smith, but the Fresh Prince with, you know, Deep this. My street, right. Yeah. This this was a thing that kind of it, it spoke to. I mean, for me, like growing up in the Bronx, is a, you know, it, it kind of spoke to me when you know that here here was a horror on actually putting at this point icon that was like listening to like you know had the same kind of music that I listened to. So yeah. I think I think that kind of resonated with a lot of kids as, as well. You know, this is going to sound stupid and maybe, I don't know, white privilege And that's not meant that. It's meant opposite. Um, but we grew up in the hood we for a long time. We live in the suburbs now. We're in a better situation. But we lived in the hood for a very, very long time. And I know that, you know, we always, you know, 
talk about our punk rock and stuff, but we we like uh, we like like urban music. We love rap. We love gangster rap. We love all that stuff. But it, you know, it, it really kind of did resonate more with us, you know, because we did come from the hood. Yeah, and and I and I gotta I gotta say is like you're talking about you know uh, hip hop and, and horror movies. Um, Bushwick Bill's Chucky. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Was was the one that that stuck out with me the most. I love that fucking song. Yeah, that's good. I hate to ruin everyone's vibe with like the cool hip hop thing with these sequels, but okay, what I learned in this book, and Bob Shea was completely unashamed about it. He felt the sequels needed to be deliberately dumbed down and marketed to urban audiences who had a high school education or less. He fucking no. says that in wow. the interview oh. in my collectible coffee table book. What a shock. Oh, wow, what a fucking prick. Can we all agree? Sounds very Bob Shea. Fuck yeah. 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 And this is why he's no longer running new line. And- oh, fuck you, Bob. Yeah. Right? I may be from the hood, but I'm not fucking stupid. Exactly. It's like those things are not synonymous. Right. Oh, I'm not from the hood and I am stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask a question. I wanted to ask Ian. I was curious about I've always been curious about how these movies play in other countries. How are these movies how how would these movies were they marketed big time in Scotland or were these something you had to seek out? Um I mean the, these these movies this movie in particular came out was eighty seven? So yeah, it was yeah. out four years before I was born. So I'm I'm not a hundred percent certain exactly how it was marketed. Um, but but um, you know, I think for me growing up, it was just something you were aware of. Like it what it didn't need to be everywhere. Like you didn't it didn't need to be super visual. If you were a fan of horror. For me, growing up in the sort of late nineties and early noughties, um, it was just something you knew. It was just part of the culture, so it didn't need to be pushed yeah. over here for me, anyway. It's like the big, you know, Mount Rushmore of horror, you know, Freddy, Jason, yeah. Michael Myers, you know. Yeah, I guess if you stumbled into horror, you would have to stumble across them. Yeah, um, I do have a couple. Somebody who wasn't around in the time that this came out. Yeah, yeah, like I say, um. I do have a couple of nitpicks though, and was it Rob who says he didn't like Heather Heather Langenkamp's acting in this? Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't like her acting in the first one either. I didn't think she was doing that. Oh. She was way inexperienced. Way experienced. Way yeah, I totally get it. I totally get that she was really young and and not experienced at all. Um, but yeah, you know. Um, other thing now, correct me if I'm wrong because I could be way off on this, but. And it is super nitpicky, but it's about like the general timeline of the first to the third movie and how um, the character in Nancy has become this sort of renowned up and psychiatrist. But for isn't there like a really short length of time between those two movies timelines? Like that sounds like it doesn't seem like it would actually be possible. I don't know. I guess in my mind, because two is kind of its own thing. It doesn't fit into a timeline at all. I just kind of assume as I watch it, and I've always assumed from the first viewing, that the time in between, because she says you are the last of the Elm Street children, that maybe they were young, really, really young children. But oh, the, uh, Dream Warriors is set six years after the first one, and Nightmare 2 is set five years after the okay. first one. 
Yeah. Okay, so six years. So I don't know, like I don't know how quickly you yeah. can become no. this like no. specialized oh, right. professional no, psychiatrist. It's like a tiny right. nitpick for me, but that's just what I look at. So. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And I just I just want to throw out a disclaimer uh, as far as Ian's comments about Heather Langenkamp's acting in the first film. It's 2 a.m. in in Scotland, and I'm sure he's a little cranky right yeah. now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the reason the reason I think she comes off a, a lot better in the first one is because she's a lot more energetic and angsty, whereas this one she's a she's supposed to be playing like 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 he says she's like you know this up and coming psychiatrist you know she's shocking the world with her newfound you know and such and you know making revolutionary kind of stuff in the in the you know psychiatry or whatever. But like it's supposed to like portray her like she's some sort of like you know older woman you know, seasoned, and she doesn't pull that off. Like, yeah. She pulls off too the teenage here. part. Yeah, she's too young for that shit. Like in in the first one, she's fine because she's supposed to be playing a teenager, and in this one, she's just like you're trying to do like an older lady and not working, honey. And I'm sorry, and I love Heather Langenkamp. I feel terrible. Okay, I'm gonna get a little psychological on you, and I have written about this on my blog. You know, I like to bring in psychology to the horror genre, but I was talking about the psychology of the final girl, and it it changes you, it ages you, it does shit to you. A post traumatic stress disorder. You can tell that this shit still fucks her up. So I really feel like she does come across to me as she's a damaged person, and she is really, you know, she survived and she wants to help. And so, you know, the rest of it doesn't matter to me, I guess, because here's our final girl, and she comes across as a real final girl would. Like, I survived, but fuck. Oh, my God. You know? And, you know, what are you going to do? If you're a good person, you're going to try and help others. You know? So that just goes back to, like, an article that I wrote on my blog, but maybe that's just me. Like, I'm personally attached to this film. I'd say it's a mixture of that and suspension of disbelief. Yeah, you know. With, I can't with the make this film. I can't do it. I'm unable. So you guys have to do it for me. I love it too much. I love it. So I'm a little biased. As far as the with her I don't really have a big problem with her performance. It's just the writers saying, you know, only six years have passed, but since the, the original film, but is it takes much longer to become a psychiatrist. Yeah. It it's like it's medical school. You have yeah. to go through residency and all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah, to be fully yeah, certified. It's different than being a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist is medicine. Yeah, yeah, I think if they had That's said it's 15, you know, fifteen years later, then it you know might be more believable, but six years no, it's it's just kind of silly. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I just, I don't know, it just doesn't bother me. I don't really think too much about that. Like I said, some of us have these beloved films, like, no matter what anybody says about it, you can't knock me off that. Um, there are other films that I, I love that I can nitpick, but this is so beloved to me that I'm just kind of like, eh, no big deal. Eh, no big deal. So and it's really hard to get that status with me. So, I mean, I'm not mad at anybody for critiquing it, but I'm just saying, like, I can't. I can't do it. Don't you guys, it's like taking a child. I can't. Talk about my child like that. See, like, that's, no. And that's and I can't argue with that because that's how I feel about Friday Five. You can nitpick it all day, but it's I'm not going to change anything. Still my favorite. And <laughs> you Friday Five fans, you know that I did you a favor. 
<laughs> no, I know. So for that, maybe maybe give me a little bit of space on this film because I'm being nice as your hostess. Let me let me just say I don't think this film is. Oh, Billy, Billy, Billy. I, I don't think this film is terrible. I just found a lot of things in it I just really don't like, but I don't think it's terrible. Yeah. Let's give myself a little credit. I don't think it's an awful film. When well, we flip flop no, and we do Friday Five, I'm gonna be that way. I, that's exactly. <laughs> just prepare. Just I'll, prepare. I'll have I'll have the papers ready. Motherfucker. Here's the thing regarding Friday for, regarding Friday Five. It's it's fine if you shit all over Friday Five because I've heard everybody shit on Friday Five. Oh yeah. So I'm used to Friday Five getting shitted on. But that doesn't matter because those damn enchiladas. And it's and it's still entertaining, even though you know it's a black sheep. One of those people who shits on that franchise, and I cannot be a part of any of the episodes about Friday the Thirteenth, anything, because I'm just gonna be negative all the way. So that's why I sent those out. I have to host us it. So. Well, I think I'm gonna take over as host. On those episodes. Are you? Yeah. Are you? Go okay. right ahead. That should be interesting. Remember, remember, Candy. Remember, Candy. He's the podcast host now. That's right. <laughs> I'm planting my flag. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna plant my boot up your ass. Anyway. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid I have to clock out. My blood pressure Aww. medication is kicking my ass. Oh, Daniel, I'm so sorry. I can barely stay awake. I'm sorry. Okay, sweet uh, dreams. Thank you. Yeah, good luck with this topic. <laughs> good night. Love you, and uh, don't right, get ready. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, folks. I really am. Uh, we'll plug the night nerd for you at the end. Thank you so much. Penis. <laughs> He's like, oh, God. He's really hot. <laughs> I caught okay. that asshole's call. But continue. You're saying, it's like, okay, like, like how Rob and, and, and Sean are talking about Friday Five, like, you've heard all the bad things, and it doesn't change how you fucking feel. That's the, that's me with um Nightmare 3. Um, that's me with Nightmare 2. It's I hear a lot people. of people with It, the TV the movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these are things that we love, and we love them for sentimental reasons. We love them because of the place they have in our hearts and our lives. Um, maybe it's, it's influential on the times that we saw them. Um, but you know, nothing that anybody says can can change that for you. It's your experience. And so, yeah, you can show my movie, but I'm gonna still fucking love it. I don't really care. My criticisms are not to change your mind. You know, my criticisms are merely just like what I, you know, disliked about the movie. But it's not to change my mind. I was just saying, like you said. You said what people say about Friday Five, it doesn't matter because you've heard it all. And that's how I feel about this film. Yeah, like it's it's fine. This we are here to discuss this film and absolutely we should talk about the good and the bad. But the, it but the difference is right. the difference is that Dream Warriors doesn't doesn't get nowhere nearly shitted on as much as part five. I was just about right this now. Is I was just true. This is true. That's why that's why I waited to last because nobody shits on uh Nightmare Three. Everybody uh, shits on no, 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 Five. No, 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 no. Everybody shits on Everybody shits on Friday Five. Everybody shits on Halloween Three. Like I should know about loving. I like Halloween Three. I, 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 I love Halloween, Halloween Three too. Look, look. He's actually I getting about- a big revival of fans yeah. in the last couple mm-hmm. of years, and I'm fucking happy to see it. I'm really happy to see it. 
And we got Tom Atkins. I mean, like, how can you lose? No. Let me be let me be straight on with you. Like, I know about loving movies that get shitted on. I love fucking Batman v Superman. Don't <laughs> 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 can't even stop like, that fucking movie and shit because I got a hundred fucking motherfuckers and shit in my time. Like that movie sucks. You should kill yourself. That motherfucker anyway. Eat a dick. Rob, with, with all due respect, that movie still sucks ass. <laughs> <laughs> Don't the funny thing is that me, me and Nico seem so close and shit, and we disagree on movies a lot. I remember uh, he hated Venom, and I love Venom and shit. Well, he Venom's an all-time Venom. favorite comic book character, and that movie was fucking shit. I'm sorry. I love that. Sean um, is in love with Tom Hardy, so like he was going to yeah. like it. I knew he was going to like it no matter if it was bad me, or not. Me and Tom Hardy, we kind of have a thing. It's so. an agreement. He's got That's kind of like me with guy. The Rock. Like The Rock can do no wrong in my eyes, no matter what he's in. Oh, oh yeah, he's great. The funny thing is that then it was a reversal because uh, he loves uh, like Avengers: Infinity War and uh, it Chapter Two. He hated those movies. <laughs> well, not not well. Wait, listen. To be fair, like it Chapter Two, if we're gonna kind of go off topic here, I watched it a second time when it when I actually like bought it to have the two of them, and it, it's it's not as effective as as the first one, and it's not even. It, listen, it Chapter Two can't even hold Doctor Sleep's jock. Right. Never I gotta agree with you on that one. Doctor Sleep. I mean, that that's that's probably one of the greatest uh, Stephen King adaptations. So fucking impressive, and I love you, McGregor. I'm. A I, but listen, I'm, I'm a fan of the book, and I kind of wish they would have kept two of the plot lines from the book in that movie. I feel like Doctor Sleep righted all the wrongs of Kubrick's Shining. Yes. Yeah. But, but it also had the stigma of Kubrick's Kubrick Shining. Fucking great, and the, I was really um, like wanting them to do Rose the Hat very well because I was very impressed with her in the book, and I, I feel like they did a great job with her. But anyway, oh my god, we should be talking about this. We have to go back to <laughs> No, 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 no. I have to take. I have to agree with you. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, is that, is that who played her? I, I forget her. Yes. Was, yes. That's what was probably the only person that could have brought Rose the Hat to life. I was like, and, if they can't pull off Rose the Hat, this movie is not going to work. But, but then again, there was. But, but there's also that, that thing from the book where they didn't have, like, her, her transformation scene whenever she would feed. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't in the movie either. So, I, I don't know. I, again, I think Dr. Sleep we is far superior. We do Dr. Sleep coming up. Uh, oh, well, then we will absolutely we, discuss uh, that. In our next season, which will be coming up after our next episode, we will be starting season three. Um, so, we're kind of going out with the bang here with my favorite film tonight. Let's go back to that and kind of start, like, uh, wrapping up a little bit. Um Final thoughts. Okay, so okay, I don't want to open a can of worms, but was it was it Rob who said that they had a lot of uh, past experiences, or uh, Nico? Nico, me, oh, I, I did. Sex. Yeah, okay. <laughs> me and Nico, I, no, open, open, open the can. It's fine. I just your convention cast experiences because I'm usually the one who ruins these episodes with my shitty cast experiences. Yeah, t- tell us about how you got drunk and got carried off. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. And Lance Henderson hey. told you you were pretty. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for her to tell me that Chuck Russell was a, was a dickhead or something like yeah, that. I'm, I'm waiting for this can of worms to open. It's fine. I mean, again, from this movie, I only really know, you know, Ken Sagos and, and Rodney Eastman. 
as, as far as like on a more personal level. And, and, I, and I've, I've heard, I, I know about, if you want to go into it, yet that that's fine. I'm not going to get offended, I promise. Okay, well, I, I don't uh, know many of the cast members. I do know Ken Sago's a little bit. I love how he's really into raising money for his charity, and he really likes to promote that at every convention appearance and, uh, you know, reach out to people online. So that's, he's totally cool. I don't really, um, I, I, I don't know any of the other people well enough to have a good or bad impression. I got to say, I really wanted to meet Robert England at Texas Frightmare Weekend. And then I saw his autograph prices. So and yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. It, it, when we saw him, it was cheaper than the prices that we talked about in chat. We it was way cheaper, and um, I actually was wearing a shirt. I have I'll post it in chat of when we met Robert England wearing this shirt, and that was back when I was still a blonde. So I've only been with the black hair since this year, but uh, I mean he was delightful. His prices were way cheaper, way cheaper. Like Eric, do you do you know why his price is the way, what it is now? How that even happened? I really don't know. Like, okay, here's. Even in 2016, I, I just saw that it was like over, it was at least $80 just for the autograph and then photo right. for a whole separate thing. So, okay. So here's, here's what happened when I, just like how Candy's, when I, when I first met him, this was, I think the year I was going to do my, my actual show when this, this all went down before we could even get him, which I found out that he wanted to come too, but he was already booked for another show that same weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he was $40 at that time. The only reason why I got a picture was because I bought the VIP package for two two twenty five. To be able to get a picture with him, um, he was doing a Walker Stalker in Atlanta with Kane Hodder, and he noticed he was still charging forty bucks, and he noticed that Norman Reedus had an eighty dollar price tag per per autograph, and the line was outside the building, and he's like, "Well, what the fuck, dude?" He's like, "I mean, yeah, Walking Dead is cool, but I'm Freddy fucking Krueger, dude. Like, I, I could be making that kind of money." We, so, we gotta be honest; these people they do this to make money, right? I mean, but he. You I mean, know, now you can see Robert Angel a lot of roles, but he is iconic. And um, I gotta tell you, he's very delightful, very gentlemanly, very, very sweet. yeah, very very fan friendly. And I'm I'm big into like how people smell. He smells very nice. I was so I like and Billy Zane was another one who was he smelled so nice. I was just like, oh, he smelled good. <laughs> But no, that, that's why he's that's why he charges what he charges. And even now, the last time he was at a con, I think um it was like, like last year, it was a hundred dollars, and it was a six seven hour line just to meet him. And it's a hundred, and even on his website, it's a hundred dollars. But then again, it's it's Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Like I need I need to get my Freddy versus Jason poster signed again. Rob, you remember I had that awesome one, but now I got to get it again. But you know, I'm like the baby paying the hundred dollars for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean we. And we prepare. We we go there and we drop a lot of money. Yeah. We drop a lot of money. Um. We, we do the professional photo ops. We do you know the selfie ones with people like you know Tom Savini is relatively cheap. And like I said before, his table's always deserted. People are so scared of him that you could just walk right up to him and be like, Hey, let's get a selfie. Hey, sign this. And he's just like, All right, cool. You know, because <laughs> people are so fucking scared of him. I'm trying to get dispel this rumor about Tom Savini. He's nice. I'm telling you. <laughs> Met Maybe the guy several times. He's a nice guy. Don't be afraid. I was so nervous the first time I shook. I was shaking. I was like, he's going to be rude because he's my hero. But no, he was nice. Anyway, um, 
That's cool. Yeah. But yeah. Like with, with Texas Frightmare Weekend, it was definitely the most expensive horror convention I ever went to. And like the amount of money I normally take to conventions that gets me through the weekend was not enough for that convention. And I looked at the line that wrapped around, you know, like outside the main uh, arena area. And it was just like in the, the price. I was like, damn, I don't think I can spend any more this week. And this is crushing. You so I, there was like a too. whole... Yeah, there was like a whole corridor of Nightmare on Elm Street cast members, and I, you know, talked to a few of them and got a couple of the cheaper autographs. And walking past Robert England's table, we made eye contact and we nodded at each other. So I feel like that was good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, we got him before he he realized that he could charge more. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I got those pictures that I got with him. It was a pleasant experience, and it, 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 you know, when you have that interaction with, you know, your heroes and people that you look up to in films, uh, I gotta say, you know, it, it, it's, it just feels good. That you know really had an impact on your life. So yeah, meeting Robert England, um, I highly recommend it. Sorry about his prices. It's worth it to me. Um, if you're really into this, this, this uh, series, if you're really into Freddy Krueger, definitely, you know, just hey, maybe that's your, your, your destination in the con. Go, go meet him. I actually had a pretty cool interaction with him because I think I was one of the, even though I had a ton of Friday shit for him to sign, I actually asked him, I was like, hey, um, I want one more. And he's like, what do you want? And I'm like, do you have an 8x10 of U.S. Smiley from Fort Fairlane? And he fucking lit up. <laughs> he lit up. He was like, he's like, he's like, he's like, do you know how many people ask me for that? He's like, and I never bring it because he says people ask him and he doesn't think to ever bring it. So I guess he's absent-minded with it. But he's like, that was one of like the most fun times I ever had making that movie. And he's like, and the fight, he called him Andy, he called Dice Andy. He's like, and the fight scene between Andy and I, he's like, you know, because Rennie Harlan directed Ford Fairland as well as Nightmare 4. He's um, in my movie all the time. <laughs> he, I love that. I, I fucking I, love I that movie. Too. It paid her, it her. Um, I guess during the fight scene, he said that um, at one point he picked his hand up like he had the glove because he, he saw Rennie Harlan through like his peripheral vision and thought he was shooting that Rennie Elm Street during like that fight scene. <laughs> and they had a yell cut and Rennie's like, Robert, you're not, you're not playing Freddy. You're, you're, fine. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a British assassin. This is what you have to remember. <laughs> but he said, he said outside of playing Freddy, that was that. And I guess Willie, he said from V were his most yeah. favorite uh, roles that, that he's played in his career. Yeah, definitely. Um, anybody else, uh, final thoughts on anything to do with Nightmare 3? The one thing that this movie uh, resonates with me is, remember the whole teen suicide? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's now, still a thing. It's still a thing. It, well, it seems like it, it comes up into the fore and then it drifts away and then it comes back up. So I remember in the mid-80s it was a big deal. So yes. I, uh, Nico, you're from you said Tenafly, right? Isn't that where you like? Rooney? No, I grew up in Moonaki. Well, when I was here, Rocky Horror was in Teaneck. Teaneck, Teaneck. So uh, the town I grew up in, Bergenfield, New Jersey, became mm -hmm. the epicenter for teen suicide briefly in that period. So this movie always, weren't they, uh, originally, wasn't this movie supposed to be much more about, like, the kids killing themselves, and they kind of backed off because teen suicide was a big thing then, so they made yeah. And that, for me personally, because Bergenfield, New Jersey, where I grew up, that's the town where, um, like, in Billy Joel's uh, We Didn't Start the Fire, he has that one line, um, heavy metal suicide. That's about mm -hmm. Bergenfield, New Jersey, when yeah. the kids killed themselves in 87. So that always resonates with me. This this movie resonates with me for that particular reason, that the town I grew up in became sort of famous 
briefly as a, a sort of the epicenter of teen suicide in 87. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so it's not a great memory, but I was already gone, but that, that's where I, that's what I take away from this movie is you know, that particular uh, part of this. Well, it's, it's interesting to hear, um, you know, what affected you because you were different ages. We're, we're all roughly the same age here. Um, I know Ian's a little younger. I know Rob's a couple of years younger, but I think uh, <laughs> Nico and Erica and John and I were all about serious. So, you know, it's, it's interesting to hear what, you know, somebody who was an adult at that time, mm -hmm. you know, how it affected them and how they, you know, thought about this film, you know. Yeah, it was really sad. I remember, you know, so what was I, 22? It was really sad thinking about, wow, you know, the town I grew up in is suddenly in the news for, like, being the worst place to be a teen in America. And it was it was not, you know, I grew up there and it was, I, I made it fine, I guess. I don't know. It was, yeah. it was, it was, uh, it was interesting time uh, for that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. David, I think your your nickname now is Papal. <laughs> no, are you going to go all you know the us? But we're showing our Midwest here. Of all the nicknames I've had in my life, I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> and this movie actually, I mean, I know I know this kind of sort of like the whole, like we were talking earlier about like the Freddie becoming like the comedian with the one-liners and the zings and whatever. But this movie still kind of dark for yes, in, in tone. And hard. I think, um, you know, the death of Nancy is really right. Like it's still, it's still shocking to this day because, you know, it's kind of like the whole, she's like the Sydney of like the, of that franchise, you know, of, of Nightmare on Elm Street, which I know Russ Craven with both, but yes. you know, it was, you know, I, I, I would say the only other darker, I, I, I would say the only other darker entry in this franchise, honestly, would probably be Dream Child is kind of dark too. Dream Child yeah. is dark, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. But but and this one kind of set the tone. The original is definitely fucked up. It's you fucked know? up, but it's not. I don't think it's as dark as as three and five. I, I really no, don't because I think the way West, I think the way West shot it, it was kind of Tina's death. If you think about Glenn's death, that shit blew your fucking mind when you saw it. It fucked you up. Right, but I, I, I just, I don't know, but to me, this, it, three and five were definitely, like, the darkest of this franchise. Especially with, with, with the whole, like, like the whole teen suicide, like, backdrop as well. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. that's, that's dark shit. And I mean, I, I really thought that they nailed, um, the, uh, what it's like with mental health, you know, what it's like, how they just want to give you drugs and make you shut up. Mm -hmm. They want to make you behave. Yeah. Just fuck up. Yeah. You know, we don't want to hear about your problems. Just behave. Maybe this will make you quiet. Maybe fucking this will make you Irving. quiet. Fucking Amy Irving's mom's a bitch in this movie. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, she wants to sedate everybody. Like, fuck out of here, bitch. Like, yeah, but she has. <laughs> where's the bourbon, <laughs> bitch? That's like the best. I would have been, you know, when they were trying to date her, I would have been like screaming and fucking. <laughs> you bitch! You're killing us! Like, shut up, Kristen. I'm tired. I've been on dates like that, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Ian, what's your final thoughts on Nightmare Three? Yeah, uh, and like I mean, I've said earlier how like I feel about this. This is my favorite from the franchise. Mm -hmm. um, Candy, you were touching earlier about how people can nitpick at the movie and you can kind of just go, yeah, but that doesn't really matter. It's my favorite. Yeah, franchise. Yeah. And, that, and that's kind of how I feel about this. I know there's issues around this movie um, and we've we've obviously discussed them. I've obviously noted a couple of my own, but to me, it just doesn't really matter. I love this movie. Yeah. I enjoy it so much. And the positives far outweigh the negatives for me. Um, although just to upset you, Candy, Freddy versus Jason is fucking awesome. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But yeah, like we've 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 talked about how you know this is the sort of dawn of Freddy turning into this one-liner quip guy, but it's just pulled back enough for me for me in this movie, it's and like he still has you know that darkness and that sort of more serious tones that he has in one and two, and um, I also agree. I think two is mega underrated. Um, we will but, be talking yeah, about Yeah, it's just you. the perfect balance for me. So, yeah, that's it's my favorite. Yeah. I think it's, like I said, it's that just right. Yeah. Everything's just right. Okay, so let's do reviews. Out of 10, defendant, anything you want. Um, <laughs> who's, who's up to bat? Who wants to go first? Who volunteers? I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 uh, Big Freddy Dicks. That's a good rating. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, Sean. <laughs> okay, well, I gotta come up with a new one because Freddie Dixon's day. Um, I'm, I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Um, nurse tongues. Um, good. Good. Um, Freddie is, and and I'm probably going to sleep on the couch tonight. I will fuck you up. Freddy is not my favorite slasher. Yeah. That, belong, that belongs to Mr. Voorhees. Get the That's right, Sean. This is why I love you, Sean. That's right. That's why um, Sean is the bestie. But, but, I, I will say. It better be a say, big butt. <laughs> oh, it's a big butt. Uh, <laughs> and I cannot um, I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> You know, I, I I get the appeal to Freddy. Um, I do enjoy the Freddy movies. I get the appeal for Freddy because you know where Jason and Michael Myers are like these these hawking menaces. Um, Freddy gets you at your most vulnerable state when you're asleep, and you know that's always you know, been creepy and it, and it's always kind of terrified me as a kid. Um, this movie is absolute fun for me. Yes. Um, it does have its flaws, but it has, <laughs> it has some great kills. Um, and, you know, yeah, the acting maybe wouldn't a little bit, but I think, you know, Kincaid, his dialogue makes up for it. Um, and, and, and Taryn, this is my uh, review. Um, it's so, our review. <laughs> so, yeah, eight, eight out of ten for me. That's good. Another eight. That's that's good. I'm it's solid. Better than I thought you guys were gonna do. Who's next? Sure. Um, so when I first watched this as a teenager, it was not a particular favorite of mine. I don't know why. It just rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. Watching it again years later, I like it a lot more. Um, it, it as a teenager, I like part four a lot more. So now I'd say it's on par with that or a bit better. I'd give it seven out of ten. Um, screaming, uh, junky track marks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, okay, who? Who's next? I know Rob's waiting to go until the end because he's just gonna shit all over. Well, I have to go last, so somebody's gotta go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'm okay. Go. <clears throat> Seven out of ten hypodermic fingers, because I love oh. that scene. That's it. I'm sorry. That's with those track marks turning into little mouths. That shit haunts my brain. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
And they're like, oh, fuck that. But um, I love how every conversation I have about with you guys turns to how I'm like way older than y'all. But what? <laughs> we're not trying to make you feel old. I'm like not that much younger than you. Um, oh, the one thing about we didn't mention, I want to talk about how Chris Russell directed the Blob remake, which I think is was a really fucking Fox good remake, man. I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you, oh, David, for putting that out there. That I love the really fuck. fucking Blob. good. It's one of the best um, horror remakes of all time. <laughs> and 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 it's bull- like, hold on, hold on. I, I will take that from you, Dave. No, it is bullshit because everybody talks about the thing and everybody talks about the fly. But everybody forgets the blob. The blob I have not forgotten the blob. I watched that shit over and over. No, that remake. The blob. I love, I love, I love that movie so much. Anyway, so yeah, seven out of ten. Um, I, I love the disturbing track marks. Um, yeah, this is when Freddie started to become like the one, like he had all the quips, the one-liners. But, but I've always been a uh, Michael Myers fan personally, because for me personally, Michael Myers is like this little kid who was just invaded by some evil entity we don't know what it is it's just pure evil where and he doesn't talk as much which i like but um yeah seven out of ten and thank thank you sorry i rambled sorry (laughs) on this show people rambling but (laughs) i may have drank too much sorry I'll I'll go because I know Rob's gonna want to go last before you. So I'm gonna give this (laughs) I'm gonna give this eight and a half wheelchairs for Will. Um, yeah, this this um again it's it's special because it's the first one I saw in the theater as a kid. Um, it's not my favorite. Part four is my absolute favorite in this franchise. I just think that one is the more fun. It's the MTV one for, so like, I don't know. Right. Plus, you know, I have a lot of memories with that movie. That one's the one I watched the most out of. That's that's how I love this one, yeah. But you know, I, I think um ultimately, you know, even like the little nitpicks I have with the inconsistency and the sinking of Freddie's um voice, um Patricia Arquette's screaming, Mimi. Uh. You know, acting aside, and uh, Kristen's mom being the shittiest parent in, in horror next to Laurie on The Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> yeah. This is this is still uh, it's it's actually, I mean, as much as I love Part Four and it's my favorite, this is probably like the last time like the the franchise was really solid. Yes. Like it was just, and you could tell like because Wes had his hand in it. Yeah, and he wanted this was supposed to be the end. Right, and you know, again, this gave us a lot of this this made us so like you know us as horror fans like with their special powers as the dream warriors themselves which we didn't really hit on well we did but not really like you know that would be us if, if we were able to try to combat evil like in that situation we would kind of know what, what the fuck we were doing to kind of you know stop the monster um you know plus kincaid kincaid is probably the, the best character in this movie and and joey again dream power is that he's a complete ladies man it's not him screaming no one shattering the window the mirrors it's that he, yeah, yeah, he he can get any girl he wants. That's that's. And he's yeah. absolutely adorable too. <laughs> he's very good looking. Yeah, he he still looks the same. Yeah, I know, I know. He, he still looks the same. It's just yeah. hair sometimes, depending on on the role. But um, yeah, I would give it eight and a half wheelchairs for Will. Um, yeah, I I like this one. Wonderful. Also. All right, All right, let's hear Rob tear my fucking movie down, break <laughs> yeah. my heart. Come on. 
I'm going to give it six out of ten marionettes. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Let me, let, me, let, me, let me be clear. I don't think this is terrible. I, I think this is well made. I think Chuck Russell did an incredible job. Um, Chuck Russell doesn't get enough credit. Of course, he did the blob. He also and did the mask. Uh, yes. He also did the mask. Yeah, he, did, he did a couple of good joints. He did the Scorpion King, uh, which is uh, really a rock. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very underrated director. Um, uh, of course, uh, I, I like. The, the idea behind this movie and uh, I like a lot of the sequences I, I think uh, Philip's death is one of the better deaths of the series yeah. and one of the most disturbing and scariest Very haunting. I, I just I, I just think that uh, Heather Lane Camp I love her to death but this, she doesn't quite pull off the weathered warrior kind of you know thing that they had her going for I think I hate the way Patricia Arquette pronounces "little girl." That happened when I was a little girl. I hate it. Um, I hate the way the Dream Warriors go out like fucking pussies at the end. You know, they put up a fight for thirty Terrence. seconds, and Fred just denies. Yeah, like uh, Tara's the worst because Tara's the best. She's got the mohawk, she's got the switchblades, and she go, she 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 gets fucking annihilated in ten seconds. That's and bullshit. I'm just like, no. Exactly, exactly. It, and um, uh, I, I think it's cool, like, you know, they gave Freddy punchlines, but it kind of, like, not only ruined the series, but the horror genre, because every fucking villain had to have punchlines after that. Have a nice day and all that bullshit. Um, it, uh, it, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't think this is terrible, terrible. I think this is well done, but there's a lot of things about it I don't like. And uh, every time I rewatch it, I like it less and less and less. So I'll just leave it at that. My definitive is a six out of ten Freddie marionettes, and uh, that's that's my end on it. Dingy. Rob. Dingy. So that leaves me. And um, if I was going to rate this. From the heart, I would give it a 10 out of 10. But I can't do that. I got to be realistic. Um, but even so, the nitpicks, I'm going to take a point off for those. But otherwise, I'm giving this 9 out of 10 John Saxons. Uh, you know this, my boo. I miss him. I love the way he delivers the line, I already killed you. Yeah, I mean, like, it's fucking Jordan's accent. Legendary. That's yeah. another nitpick I have. Not to, not to rain on you, continue to rain on your parade. Oh, candy, well, but why the not? Fucking, the, the fucking skeleton animation compared to, like, the... Yeah. the, the it's, it's like, it yeah. back to that fucking um, Clash of the Titans yeah. shit. Like, oh, yeah. like okay, it's come on. Some that, shit has, <laughs> that shit has not aged well. Yeah. Let's Fucking clear. I didn't even think it looked good back then. No. No, I think, no, it's so absolutely not. So I no, took the no. point off for that shit. But otherwise, I really think this is a solid movie. It made Freddy a household name. It's iconic as fuck. When people talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, they talk about this fucking film. And you cannot deny that. Welcome this to is, prime time. Welcome bitch. to prime time, bitch. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody talks about this film more than any of the other films. It's very iconic. It's and the first one, yes, the first one that is iconic, and you know that I love it. You know that. 
You know how I love my Nancy. But I'm just saying, like, this is the one everybody talks about. This is the one that made Freddy fucking Freddy. This is the one that, you know, made him this huge, iconic fucking slasher. And honestly, in my opinion, everybody said theirs. I'm going to say Freddy's the best fucking slasher. Fight me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm beautiful and bad. And back. <laughs> no, here's the thing where we discussed our can- uh where we talk about Candyman in our Candyman episode we were talking about how poetic he was and uh Sean hit it right on the head they hit the nail right on the head when he said you ain't gonna hear that from Freddy Krueger and it's like it's true. right I'm not sexually attracted I don't think I'm sexually attracted to Candyman I'm attracted to him though um but I'm not attracted to Freddy I just think as a slasher as a villain he's fucking I'll, I'll Especially be in this film, I think he's really hidden all the spots. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's got a personality. He can, yeah. he can talk. He's got a personality. He's creative. He can get in your fucking dreams. He can pick out your worst fears. He what the fuck, Rob? Stop it. Um, he, he can pick out your worst fears. He can like totally do all this shit that like these hulking menaces that can't talk can do. All they can do is like do like different gore. But Freddie can do some creative shit, and and I really like that personality. Maybe it's because I'm a fucking talker myself. If I was like a slasher, I'd be having some great one-liners and a big personality like I already have. You know, I just have to be myself, except evil or something. So I just, I just looked through just to confirm. So actually, part four is the highest grossing of the franchise that's not it Freddy is. Jason. And that was the one that actually, like, because that, that was when the MTV generation kind of really took but ownership because, of the I character. Think- I that think point. that it was because of the success of three and what it did to the Freddy character that we got the boost to four. Definitely four. I like four. It's a solid film. Uh, but I think it was cresting the wave, building upon three. Definitely. That made oh, no, all no, this no. happen. No, no, definitely. But I think that the blueprint that was laid by three was perfected in four. Like as far as that, like that MTV kind of like uh, aesthetic that they were going for, you know, yeah. and, uh, I just, I just, I just love Alice and uh, it, uh, Lisa Wilcox's Alice. Mm. I love Lisa Wilcox. I like Alice, but she's not my fucking favorite. Oh, of course, Nancy's always gonna be the favorite. Yeah, Nancy, uh, Nancy's the yeah. shit right there, man. Nancy, Heather Lane. Anyone but Kristen. Be my, my, my horror boo. Like uh, that, that scene where she's setting up the booby traps in the first one is is probably my favorite scene. Like this, my all-time horror, favorite horror movie, and that's my favorite scene in that movie is when Nancy. My favorite set scene is where she's trap. like, "I take back every bit of energy I ever gave you." That whole fucking nothing. Scene. Oh my god! Yeah. Nothing. So much. Why do you think I held on to my fucking VHS? I bought this movie. I bought this VHS when I was eleven. Awesome. And, I wish I still had my collection, but I do not. It's, you know. Shit happens. I mean, at 41, you don't no, have the same shit that you had. Stop smelling it. <laughs> it, was in a, it was in my parents' garage for a while and shit, and it smells mildewy. And I'm like, eh, okay. I love it. But you still have it, and that's what matters. Um, so with that, um, I think we, we really kind of discussed all the points. This was a fun conversation. Um, it's such a fun film. And I would like to say, before we do our plugs that our next episode is going to wrap up this amazing season of season two. We will start in season three and season three is going to fucking blow everyone's minds. I got to tell you. 
But our last episode of season two is a fucking favorite of mine. I'm going to go ape shit talking about it. It is Dead Alive. It is iconic. It's gross. It's fucking hilarious. And uh, it's Peter Jackson. So Kick ass for the Lord. I kick ass for the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) It's messy. I love it. So that so stay tuned for that. Um, but uh, this has been this has been so great, guys. Thank you so much. So uh, let's go ahead and do plugs. Uh, Ian. Uh, yeah, you can get us wherever uh, behind the screams podcast, wherever good podcasts can be found. Twitter at screams behind, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube's behind the screams podcast. We have a a Wix site up as well where Candy and uh, and Rob have been doing a couple of great articles for us as well. Um, so yeah, go check all of that stuff out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've also got Patreon, patreon.com forward slash behind the screams. Uh, it is entirely free. We have paused billing on our Patreon, so it's free until the 1st of December. Ooh, cool. I think that's awesome. Yes, yeah, definitely. definitely. And we are, we are big fans of behind the screams. Yeah. <laughs> yep, check out Shaun of the Dead episodes. Candy uh, came and talked about that for a while. We had a lot of fun. With that we one. did, yeah. That's still one of our highest rated episodes as well. So oh, the fans amazing. clearly love it. Because I think it's so annoying. That's great. <laughs> it makes me feel good. <laughs> me too. Oh, shut up. Oh, shit. <laughs> you see marriage counseling right now. <laughs> yeah, the house that divorces. We're not getting divorced. <laughs> You're stuck with me. You're stuck with her forever, motherfucker. Yeah. We've been together for like a long time and we've known each other for fucking ever. It's, it, this is it. This is my Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought oh, my final girl. Whoa. Those are fighting words. Yeah, bro. Took a dark turn. Shit. <laughs> yeah, this took, this took a real fucking dark turn. Why, why is it not dark to us? Is that weird? Yeah. This, <laughs> this is, is normal. This is normal. This is how we actually are. We don't put on any fronts. Yeah, I saw that very 90s picture of y'all earlier today and shit. <laughs> yeah, 1995. Rob, since you want to talk, uh, why don't you do your plug, Rob? <laughs> That's what you get for shitting on my movie. Sorry. Okay. No, not really. No, no. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I knew I was going to get the fucking hammer dropped on this. <laughs> 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 uh, fucking Mio came after me. Uh, of course, uh, you can find me at uh, my show, uh, The Action Drunk Tees. Uh, we just released our third episode this week. Yes. And, uh, is doing very well as well as the first two episodes it's doing extremely well i thank you for everybody who's listening um uh, of course you can find me at uh, my numerous writings on ultimate action movies.com as well as actionflix.com as well as behind the screens uh, i've got a few articles over there as well as a few coming up i got two coming up i'm gonna send uh ian over here and, and i want um, writing it's amazing thank you thank you oh yeah uh, I just uh, made my uh, debut as a writer. Uh, I had an article come out. Uh, well, this will come out long past, since it's long past it. Since it but, this uh, episode comes out. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had my debut as a writer on Film Combat Syndicate. Uh, shout out to Lee Golden. Uh, one Film Combat. 
Um, very proud of how the article turned out. So check out that. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, that's all I got. No fucking plugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, great job. And that's what he said. Okay. Uh, you okay, can okay. check out my inconsistent. Uh, oh, was it me or did I mishear that? No, I was. I was just gonna say, make sure you spell Iskanov. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Rub it in. Thanks. My God. <laughs> you can check out my uh, inconsistent blog postings and movie reviews at myhorrificlife.com or on Instagram uh, at myhorrificlife. And that is all for this week. Very fabulous use of your your club. I love it. Very dramatic. Very nice. <laughs> um, Nico. So I'm pleased to announce that Horror Pop Radio will be coming off its hiatus soon. Um, yes! There may be a little bit of a pers- uh, personnel change. Um, might be going on the route of guest host, so obviously I'll probably be contacting you all to uh, to jump on for that. Oh, uh, depending depending on the episode of who we got, if you're interested in doing it. Um, so you can actually find us on facebook at horror pop radio podcast also on instagram is at horror pop radio podcast and you can find me on instagram is at el jefe del horror and also on twitter under the same handle the boss the boss of horror i love it uh dave uh i just want to say i think we should do an episode where where, uh, nico and rob just annoy each other for the whole We'll let them take over hosting so they can bicker like us. Oh my God, I want to see that shit so bad. Uh, <laughs> 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 just uh, thanks, Ian, our brother from another continent, for joining us. And, I can't say it any better than that except fucking vote, wear your mask. Yes. Don't be, don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. That's right. Very good. Thank you. Also, also shout, shout out to the fly on Mike Pence's head. Uh, <laughs> yes. My fucking hero. The star of the Stephen King even fucking tweeted about it. Shout out to you, bro. Shout out to Brundle flying that motherfucker's head and shit. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, Sean of the Dead, what you got? Um, well, before I go and and I can I can edit this out if if you don't want this to be in there, but I just want to give a shout out to Rob and his mom um, for finding out she's cancer free. Oh. So yeah. cancer. That's that's fucking awesome. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Slasher at Sean of the Dead. Bunch of letters, bunch of numbers. He um, won't spell it. I'm not gonna spell it out because he, he's afraid. Um, I'm I'm not special, so it doesn't matter. Um, I think you're special. And uh, you know, be nice, vote, pay your taxes. Um, <laughs> don't <laughs> don't get COVID. Wear your mask. Don't listen to the assholes in the white house they have no idea what they're talking about so um vote that's all i gotta say vote please vote oh i think registration is almost done by the time this this comes out registration will be gone yeah yeah, yeah. 
So we're going to try and um, use our little bit of a lull, um, which actually may not be a lull now because we have we took on an extra assignment today. Not assignment, a project today. Yeah. But um, but we are going to try and get caught up so these do come out um, a little quicker. Yeah. Um, we just need to get caught up. And I've got to finish compiling our video clips to uh, promote the show, um, working on learning things. Uh, and not good with technology. But so uh, for me, um, Candy the Final Girl on Instagram on Slasher, uh, they seem to like me on Slasher. It's really uh, helped out the show quite a bit. So uh, yeah, check me out there. Um, on Instagram, you're, I don't know what you're going to get. I mean, it's makeup, me talking about skincare. Here's some fucking horror shit. I don't fucking know. Here's my cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I do man our Twitter. Uh, that is me. That is constantly on there. Uh, at house underscore screens. Um, we do interact a lot with screens behind uh, on Twitter at screens behind, uh, which is behind the screams for, with Ian. Um, I haven't been working on my blog. I do have some good posts on there. It's candycodedhorror.wordpress.com. Um, but I've been writing more for uh, behind the screams, kind of uh, giving articles to them um, because it's just fun to work with them. I, I really, I really enjoy Ian and, and Co. Everybody there. Um, so. <laughs> You guys are getting all my writing. Thank so you. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, you've got Dream Warriors coming, I think. I think I have a, a strong op-ed for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, as, as always, you can um, contact us on Twitter, which will actually come to me. Uh, if you have interest in the show um, as opinions or um ideas anything like that just you know come to <laughs> stop um they're they're having a glove off oh my god get your ass out of <laughs> and he's working and i can't handle it right now so i guess i'm just gonna stop there i can't handle it anymore. excellent i can like eyelash for everybody <laughs> me and my my famous fucking lashes that's been way too much on big lashes okay thank you guys for a wonderful conversation also really quick uh daniel did have to leave us due to a medication issue so i want to plug the nightmare nerd um he's on facebook twitter youtube his videos are great he's a very funny guy he's uh he's got a great sense of humor as you guys know from listening to the show please check him out yeah yeah <laughs> Daniel, Daniel was great, even though I, I saw him I saw him in the, the footage of the Rocky Horror episode. I saw him shit on me after I left. And shout out shout out to Nico and Kenny, especially Nico. I, I saw that shit. I love you, bro. I saw that face drop where he says, thank God that asshole's gone. Nico had that, that fighting face like the fuck you say, bro. <laughs> and I had like the heartbroken face like, what? <laughs> yeah, but no, 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 no. Dan is gay. I know he was joking. Dan is a fucking. He's a very dry guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a straight man. I love it. my love Daniel. I love everybody on the show, and yes. I love our love you guys. brother from another podcast, Ian, as well. Love all of you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so comfort dead alive, and that will end this season. Season three, like I said, is fucking mind blowing. It's gonna be amazing. And I cannot wait. Get your lawnmowers ready. Yeah. That's live. I'm going to gross everybody out. <laughs> Good night, guys. All right. Good take night. care, guys. Love you guys. Love take you. care, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.